First, Happy New Year. Sounds like we're all very happy about the Happy New Year, but Happy New Year. So I guess with that, my question to start today is, how do you feel about entering 2022? I mean, here's we enter into a new year. We tend to have different feelings, especially after the last two years that we've had. Some of us have had more things happen in the last two years than it feels like in your whole entire life. I know that my family personally has had some some just loss in, in 2020 and then, you know, kind of going through a crazy year of 2021. So um, it's just, you know, we, we feel different as we go into a new year. I mean, some of you, as you're entering into 2022, you're excited about this year because this is a year that you're going to get married. Maybe you're online and, you know, this is the, the date is already set. I'm getting married in 2022. So that's exciting. Or maybe if you're going to have a baby, you know that, that's going to happen, and so you're going to have a baby, so you're excited about the baby coming. Um, maybe for some of you here or watching online, maybe this is a year you're going to retire. So you're excited that I get to retire this year. This is a year that that's, that's happening. Or maybe for some of you, you know, there's something out there, maybe for some of you, your kids are leaving home this year, and you're like, yes, it's finally here. They're 35 and still, no, whatever it is, this is the year. There's something that you're excited about. Maybe that's some of you for 2022, but maybe for some of you, you're a little nervous about this upcoming year. Um, Maybe some things that you know that are ahead of you that you're going to have to face that you don't necessarily want to face in 2022. So it brings some anxiety. It brings some nerves that, that you're going to have to face these things, and you really don't want to. But most of us are really not excited, and we're not nervous. We're just kind of like, meh, okay, let's see what 2022 has in store for us. I mean, we've all been busy all Christmas, and by the looks of some of you and those that aren't here, um, you still look kind of Christmas busy. You guys getting some rest? I know you probably need to. look a little Christmas busy. Yeah, um, even now, though, as we slip into the new year, what happens is it, it gets here, and then we don't really take the time to look forward to a new year, to the new year and what it has in store for us. So that's what I just want to do for the next few moments as we're together for us to take some time to really look forward to the new year. So instead of just being shocked that it's here, you know, this happens every year, it's a new year. So instead of just being shocked that it's here or focused on what didn't happen last year, how do we look forward to a new year? That's what we're going to talk about this. And, and as we begin this, I just kind of want to get this out on the table. Can you really, can we really look forward to a new year? I mean, in the world that we live in today, it sometimes feels like there's not a whole lot to look forward to. Everything we seem to hear on the news or on social media seems to be all doom and gloom. Or maybe you look at your own life and you think, there's this mess in my own life. Maybe you've made the mess in your own life or whatever it is. And you, I don't know that I have anything to really look forward to. So do you have anything to look forward to? I would encourage you, most definitely, yes. If you're a follower of Jesus, especially, you have a lot to look forward to. In Romans 5, 2, this is on your, on your outline. It will be on the screens as well. I would highlight this verse for your 2022 if you want to think about that. This is what God says that we have to look forward to. Romans 5, chapter 2. For because of your faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege, 
I love that. The place of highest privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to becoming all that God has in mind for us to be. Look at that again. We confidently and joyfully look forward to becoming all that God has in mind for us to be. Yeah, we have a lot to look forward to. Now, if to look forward to a new year, you have to have your circumstances just right, the perfect way or just this way. I can't, I can't promise you that. No one can promise you that the circumstances are going to be any particular way. Because the truth is, none of us really know what we're going to face in 2022. I may think I know. I mean, you may think you know what those circumstances are going to be. But the reality is, nobody really knows. There's going to be things that come my way that surprise me. There's going to be things that come your way that are going to surprise you. And if you're looking forward to 2022 is based just on circumstances, then obviously, what do we have to look forward to? It's going to be based on circumstances that really we can't control. But God says, here's what we can look forward to. You can look forward to not to better circumstances necessarily, but you can look forward to a better you. All that God has in mind for you, and he has a lot in mind for you. He says, you can look forward to the growth that I want to work in your life. You can look forward to that. You can look forward to a stronger relationship with me is what God is saying. You can look forward to what I want to do in your daily life, in your faith, in your hope, and in your love. You can look forward to your growth in your character and in your wisdom. You can look forward to what I want to do in your life. And that's why I want to spend some time going over these next minutes we have together, looking forward to what God wants to do in your life, and I look at what God wants to do in my life. I want to talk about four things that you and I can do to look forward to the new year. These are all things we're going to talk about that you can start doing right now if you want. In fact, in your outline, you'll see there, um, I left you some space to write. Under each point, you're going to see there's a look forward, and I gave you some space to write some things in. This is what's going to make the difference is if you'll write some stuff in these spaces to say, this is what I can do about this. That's going to make all the difference in the world if you'll take that and apply this, what we're talking about today. So I want you to look at this not so much as a sermon today, but more this is a seminar. This is interactive as we do this together. If this is going to work, if this is going to help you and me look forward to a new year, then we've got to write something down here. I've got to think of some things that that fit into what we're going to talk about. Four things to look forward to. Something to let go of. That's one thing we're going to talk about. Something to adjust. Something to do. And then something to hold on to. Okay, so something to let go of, something to adjust, something to do, and something to hold on to. So the first one we want to look at, what do you, what do you let go of? Well, you let go of your worries. You let go of your worries. I know I can already hear your brains working. You hear some of you beginning to say some stuff out loud. I know when people just say, let go of your worries, doesn't that just sort of bug you? Bugs me. Somebody just says, ah, just, you know, that, that worry, you can just let go of that. It's just flipping and easy to say, let go of your worries. But we know it's not easy to let go of worries. I know for a fact. Growing up, my nickname for my mom was worrywart. 
Because all I did is worried about everything. I was the what if kid. Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And she goes, I don't know, worry, wart. Will you just relax a little bit? So I understand the struggle of letting go of worries because worries are real things. They're genuine in our lives. So this morning when, we're, when I'm talking about a worry, I'm not talking about a worry that's like a legitimate concern that causes you to act. That's one type of worry. You know, okay, there's a legitimate concern here, but this I'm kind of worried about it, so because of that, I'm acting on it to fix it. That's not what I'm talking about. The worry that I'm talking is, is when it's the worry that's just stewing without doing. You're just thinking about it. It's nervous anxiety about what might happen that keeps you from enjoying what is happening in your life or looking forward to what could happen because you're just stuck on what might happen. That was me, the worry wart. That's what worry is all about. And it often keeps everyone around you nervous and anxious too. Do you realize that? Especially if you have kids, when they see you worrying and anxious and nervous about it, guess what they do? They get nervous and anxious and worried about it as well. They pick right up on that. That's what worry does. Look at Psalm 37. I just love the Bible. It's so practical. It says this, don't fret and worry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why? It only leads to harm. That's pretty clear. Don't fret and don't worry because it only leads to harm. That's the danger of worry in our lives. So how do you let go of it? Again, it's not just something we can just flippantly say out there that, oh, it's easy, you can let go of worry. So how do we do it? Well, I will tell you what doesn't work. Sometimes we try to use logic, and we try to logic ourselves out of, you know, we think we can convince ourselves not to worry. So it's like, I'm not going to worry about this worry. I'm not going to worry about this worry. And then I begin to think about the worry more that I'm trying not to think about. And I can try to convince myself to not worry about it. And what happens is I just worry about it and think about it more. Logic doesn't work. We can't guilt ourselves out of worry. You know, sometimes it's like, well, you know, I shouldn't worry about it because, you know, I'm just a loser if I try to worry about it all the time. I feel so dumb. I should just be, feel bad about worrying about it, so I'm not going to worry. But then we become anxious about being anxious and worried about being worried. And it's just a, a circle and a cycle, and we keep doing the same thing and thinking about it. So, Guilting yourself out of worrying doesn't work either. So what does God say about it? What's his prescription? What does he say about how we should handle worry? Well, I want you to look at a verse that some of you have seen before. Here's God's prescription on how to deal with worry. Again, very practical. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, you've probably seen this. Don't worry about anything. This is what God is speaking to us through this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he's done. If you will do this, then you'll experience God's peace. Not the world's peace. The world's peace is fleeting. It changes all the time. He's saying, if you'll do these things, you'll experience my peace. So when it comes to worry, God's prescription is, first of all, pray about everything. Second, you tell God what you need. Third, we thank him for all that he's done in our lives. And when we do these things, then we get his peace in our lives. So in the look forward section, again, remember this is interactive, so you're going to have some things to do. In the look forward section, that area in your notes, why don't you fill in some things that maybe you can do in your life? So maybe you think about this. Maybe just the pray about everything part. Maybe you look at the pray about everything. And you think, is there something that I'm not talking to God about that I need to be talking to him about? I know I should be, and I haven't been, so I'm going to start talking to God about this thing. I haven't been talking to him, but I'm going to start talking to him. And write it down in that spot. Here's everything that I need to talk to God about. Maybe you just start with a, with a couple things. 
Then the next one, tell God your needs. Maybe you haven't been telling God your needs. Some people feel, especially Christians, I don't know why we feel this way, but a lot of times we feel, well, it's, it's selfish of me just to talk to God about my needs. Well, that's not what he says. I mean, God expects us to talk to him about our needs. We should also talk to him about other people's needs. That's faith, talking to God about our needs. And if there's a need, what, what maybe is a need in your life that you haven't talked to God about because you felt like, well, I don't know if I should talk to God about this. And maybe that's what you need to write down. See, we talk to God about the needs even if we're not sure if this is what he wants to do in our life. Because the only way to figure out if that's what God wants in our life is we have to talk to him. It's this conversation that we have with him. And a lot of times when I tell God what I need is when I find out what I really need. Because he lets me know this is what you really need. But it's only through this conversation. So pray about everything. Tell God what you need. So maybe you haven't been talking to him about that need. Or the third one. This is one we often miss. I know that I can miss this one. Is the thank him part of that. You know, so, so many times we're praying about things or we're saying what our needs are, we forget to thank God for the things in our life. This is part of the prescription. You thank him. This is something every one of us can do. It doesn't matter how bad 2021 was. There has to be one thing in your life that you can write down here and that you can thank God for and say, God, thank you for this. And you just write that down. Just write it in that space. You look back to last year and say, God, I am so thankful for this or that this didn't happen or whatever this thing is. Then when we do this, see, it's, it's the premise doing these things. And then the promise comes. What's the promise? We have God's peace. Again, not the world's peace. Remember, that changes. That, that kind of peace doesn't stay. But God's peace is what he says, I'll give you peace. So again, in this space, in terms of anxieties, you've had something that you can look forward to. If you're going to look forward to, the thing you can look forward to is peace. If you want want to have God's peace and you work on these things and you write these things and God will then let help you to let go of those worries and then you'll have peace. So that's the first thing that you and I can do to look forward to a new year is to let go of our worries. We pray about everything, tell God what we need, we thank him and then he will give us the peace so that we don't have the worries. Here's the, th- the second thing that we can do. Okay, so we were letting go of something, our worries. And now we're going to adjust our expectations. Adjust your expectations. What does that mean, adjusting our expectations? Well, you, you realize that the way that you think about something is going to govern your life. Whatever it is, especially if you're a thinker or you overthink or whatever it is, the expectation that you have about something is going to lead your life. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4. Be careful what you think. Because your thoughts will run your life. Again, the Bible is so clear, so practical. Be careful what you think because your thoughts will run your life. If you have an expectation of what's going to happen and then reality doesn't match that expectation, the reality isn't going to run my life. My thoughts are going to be what is running my life. I'm going to get so upset, so uptight, so down because it didn't work out like I wanted it to work out. The fault isn't in the circumstance. The fault is in my expectation. I had a certain expectation and it didn't match up to the reality and now I'm upset. Here's an example. Maybe this happened to you this last Christmas or if you, if you have kids that are older and you did this in the past. But let's say that you bought a Christmas toy 
for your child that needs to be put together. Okay, and it said on it, quick and easy assembly required. Okay, that's what it said on the front. So my expectation is it's going to be easy to put together. I can do this thing. So 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve, you have it out for your quick and easy assembly required because it's an under the tree gift. So it has to be ready for in the morning. So you have that out. You're working on it. It is now five o'clock in the morning. And you're still working on this thing that was supposed to be quick and easy and your expectation didn't match your reality. Now you're not so happy anymore. Not so happy that this is Christmas anymore. I mean, if the box would have said this is a Satan designed contraption that's going to take 20 hours of your life, eh, then you would have known what to expect. But no, that's not what it said. And the expectation doesn't match your reality. And because of that, Your expectation has led you down the road where all of a sudden you're like, this is the worst gift ever. This is the worst night. It's going to be the worst Christmas ever because I can't get this thing together. Now you're tired, you're grouchy, you're grumpy. That's what expectations can do to us. So when it comes to expectation and you're looking forward to the new year, what what do you expect? Are you expecting the perfect year? Like this is it. I've been waiting for 2022 all my life. This is going to be the perfect, perfect year. Because if that's what you're expecting, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Because the reality is, there's no such thing as a perfect year. There's no such thing as perfect people. Remember, that's heaven where that happens. This is earth. And so there's nothing perfect. So if I expect something that's never going to happen, then obviously I'm setting myself up for disappointment. If I'm thinking that that thing's never going to happen, then I'm setting myself up for that disappointment. So what do you do? Well, you have to, how do you adjust your expectations? Do you go around just thinking the worst all the time? I know some people like that, that they just go around thinking, well, I'm just going to think it's going to happen the worst all the time. That way I'll never be disappointed. Well, that doesn't work either. You just become the depressing person that nobody wants to be around. So what do you do? Well, why don't you write this in the space if you want and your look forward part under there is just expect the best. Why don't we start that way? Expect the best. You know, if we just would expect the best, we would be a whole different person than from so many people that are out there. You know, the Bible says as Christians, we're supposed to be a light. We're supposed to bring some brightness to people's lives. So if we're going to expect the best instead of the worst, that's going to be different to people. And they're going to say there's something different about you because we expect the best. Start by expecting the best in our life or in other people's lives. We expect the best in our relationship with God. But we realize that God works even in the worst. Even in the worst of circumstances that God still works. So if it doesn't work out in my life like I thought it was going to work out, if it doesn't happen like I hoped it would happen, and the circumstances didn't turn out like I would hope that they would be, that doesn't mean that God still can't work in that circumstance. That's when you adjust. That's the moment you adjust your expectations. So it's knowing that, okay, God's still here. Yes, this happened. No, I didn't want it to happen. I mean, nobody wants the worst to happen. But the Bible is example after example after example of the fact that God works in our lives even in the worst of circumstances. So if it didn't happen like you you wanted it to, then you realize God's still here and God can still work. Even though this is a terrible circumstance. God's still here. So ask yourself, what expectation do I need to adjust right now going into the new year? So let me make a suggestion. 
If you're thinking that there's something that has to happen this year, some circumstance that has to work out for it to be a good year, some circumstance out of your control, whatever you think that might be, I would say adjust that one. Just adjust that right now. In other words, I'm expecting the best here, but I realize that this circumstance is completely out of my control. So God, I give it over to you. I'm going to let you have it. And I'm going to look for what you're going to do in this. I want the best to happen. I'm going to work for the best to happen. But even if it doesn't work out circumstantially like I wanted it to work out, I still trust you, God. I still trust that you're working and you put your expectation in God's hands and let the results come from him and let him work, work it out. So, again, how do you look forward to a new year? Four ways to look forward. One, we're going to let go of our worries. Two, you're going to adjust your expectations. And three, here's a third thing to do. If we want to look forward to a new year's, this is you take a step of faith. As we go into 2022, it's a great time to take a step of faith on things, to trust God for some things that maybe you weren't trusting him for in 2021. So right here at the beginning of the year, you take a step of faith. If you want to look forward to this year, then faith has to be a part of it. If you're a follower of of God, then faith has to be part of your new year. It has to be a huge part of your new year. There's a chapter in the Bible that's called by many people the faith chapter. It's Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 gives us at the beginning kind of the definition of faith, and then the rest of the chapter is is all about how that faith acts and how it works, what faith does. So I have on your outline there Hebrews 11.1. 1. It begins with the definition of faith. It's this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. I love this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Because a lot of times we don't see it. But it's, it's what we can be certain of. So sh- sure of what we hope for in God. Certain of what we don't see maybe in his love or in his power or in his grace for our lives. Faith is a certainty in our lives. That's the definition of faith. So how, how does faith act to then get you to that definition? A lot of people think that, you know, when we talk about faith in action, that means uh, just a lot more, a lot of prayer or just going to church. That's a big part of it. Prayer, going to church is a big part of faith, but it's a lot more than that. I mean, there are literally millions of ways that we can put our faith in action in our everyday lives. So here's a question and then look forward. What is your step of faith? Because I would all believe, I would believe for all of us that God is working in all of our lives. He's always at work. He never stops working. And he wants us to join in with him in that work every single day. So if that's the case, what's your step of faith? What's that thing you need to trust God for? What's that thing that I know I need to do, but maybe I'm afraid to do it? Then whatever that step of faith is in my life, that thing I need to, I, I need to do, what am I going to do about it? I know it's there. What am I going to do about it? What's the next thing? What's the next step that I'm going to take to do something about this faith? If you, the reality is if you don't take a step forward or toward that thing in your life, you're going to get stuck or you're going to stay right where you are. But more often than not, you move backwards, you know, because it's those times where you move in faith 
that your faith soars when you watch God work in the midst of it. And that just like, oh man, makes you just go crazy because of all that God is doing. You're like, this is incredible. But you don't want to get stuck there and not put your faith in action because you'll get stuck or move backwards. So what do you do? Well, here's how this works. Let me, let's say that you're trying, you have a decision that you're trying to make. And you want to make a decision of faith. You know, a lot of people have even talked to me about this when they're trying to figure out some things to do in this decision. Maybe there's, there's five different things that, that you could do in this decision. Maybe there's five places that you could work. Maybe there's five places you could live, whatever. None of them are right or wrong in the Bible. You've looked. There's none that are right or wrong, but there's, there's many different choices. So which of the five do you choose? How do you decide? Well, a lot of people just stand there. And just wait for God to show up. You know, I'm just going to sit here and just pray. That's great. You should pray. I'm just going to sit here for God. I'm just going to wait and I'm going to pray. And I'm just going to wait. And they think that God's just going to put like that neon sign light in the sky. It's going to pop up and be like, this is the one. This is where you need to go. It doesn't, doesn't really ever work that way. I haven't seen it work that way. It's not how it works. You take a step of faith. Anytime you see in the Bible when, when somebody was, it was time to do something it was they took a step of faith. They move forward. So how do you do it? Okay, you take a step of faith. You have all these doors in front of you. And you say, okay, I think this is the one that God wants me to walk toward. Now, like I said, you've, you've looked. There's nothing, there's nothing good or bad in either one of them. They're, you know, it's not, the Bible doesn't say don't do that one or don't do this one or do that one. It's just they're just there. So you take a step toward the one that you think, okay, maybe it's this one. And you take a step toward that one. And oftentimes... You'll find something that happens. If you take a step towards that one, guess what? That door closes. It it happened to faithful people in the Bible all the time. You take a step towards what you think that God wants you to do, and bam, that door closed. And you're like, okay, that's not the one. That's not the direction I was supposed to go. You realize that moment, that's not the door. It's a very clear thing. That's not the door. So which other one do I take? Which, Which one do I want? Well, the only way to find out Guess what? Take another step of faith and move toward that one. See, God works best in moving objects. God works best and he acts when we act in faith. That we're just going to move forward. He puts it out there and he's like, okay, I just want you to move in faith and I'm going to move. So we move toward something and then we can divert to where he wants us to be. Because what often happens is we begin to move forward. Guess what? It's like the domino effect. We move forward. God acts. We're moving toward a direction, then all of a sudden people start coming into your life and they're like, hey, look at this, or go to this, or look at this. And things start lining up and it's like God moving you because we are moving in faith. And God will divert us and we will divert us to where he wants us to be. So whatever you're thinking about, whatever your step of faith you need to take this year, what's the first step you can take? Just, you know, maybe just a baby step. I'm not saying you got to like move to... We're another country. I'm just saying, take a baby step. What's something little that you can do? Maybe it's a commitment to make. Maybe that's your step. I'm going to make this commitment. Maybe it's just an action that you need to take. Maybe it's a conversation that you need to have. Now, if you're thinking, I don't know if if I have enough faith to do this, to live this step of faith, this life of faith. Well, here's what Jesus says about it. How much faith do we need? Well, look at Matthew 17, 20. I love this. It says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you know mustard seed is really, 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 really small. 
If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Jesus said, faith as small as a mustard seed. See, it's not the size of our faith that matters. You do realize this really is not about us. It's all about him and what he wants to do in our lives, in us and through us, and then to affect other people as well. It's not the size of our faith that matters. It's, in fact, the size of who you're putting your faith in that matters. Again, it's not about us. So if you feel like you have weak faith or not enough faith or barely enough to take the next, next step, that's okay. It's fine. Really, it is. God works with all kinds of hearts and attitudes. The, the truth is, it's him that we're putting our faith in. That's what he wants us to do. When I take a step of faith, it's not really about me taking the step of faith. It's me saying, God, I trust you that as I take this step of faith, you're going to lead me and guide me to where I want to be. I trust you. So you just take the next step. What's the next step you need to take towards what you feel God is wanting to do in your life? Maybe that's what you're putting in your look forward part. The Bible says this in Colossians 2, 6. And now just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him with each day's problems too. Again, I, I just love, I love how the Bible is, is so practical. I love this verse. Just This is kind of like the order of what it means to follow Jesus. Just as you trusted him to save you, then you trust him with each day's problems or what comes your way or the decisions that you have to make. Now, real quick, kind of just want to pause there. If you're not sure that you've trusted him to save you, that's where you start. You may not have ever had anybody tell you what that means, Jesus is Savior or Jesus saves. Maybe you've seen it on bumper stickers or whatever. If you're watching online or even here, you know, what does that mean? What does it mean, Jesus saves? Well, it means he saves us from our sins. It's the wrong things that we have done in our lives. Those are the sins. And what the Bible says is that separates us from God because God's perfect and we're not. So we're separated from him. Then he comes in and says, look, I want to forgive you of those sins and not just forgive you of those sins, but I want to put your relationship with me back together the way that it was always supposed to be. And then he also saves us to become all that God intends for us to be, to grow to all that God intends for us to be in character, beginning on this planet and then all the way into eternity. You know, he's preparing us for eternity. That's how he saves us. He saves us to that relationship with God. So if you're not sure that you have that kind of relationship with God, what I would encourage you is do not go another year without being sure. Because you can be sure. It was interesting. So before I came in here this morning, I, I had my Bible app, and I was just looking at one of the reading plans I have in, in 1 Corinthians, and it was just the verse was, um, today is the day of salvation. It's like, don't. Don't wait. Don't go another year without knowing. So how do you ask Jesus to save you? Well, Pastor Jerry talked about this on Christmas Eve. We talk about it with the kids. We, we, you know, it's a very simple message. It's the ABCs. You, we admit that we are a sinner that needs saving. That's the first step is just admitting, yeah, I need a Savior. And then it's believing. It's believing that Jesus is the one. God sent his son Jesus to this earth, to live a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. He didn't stay dead, though. He rose again. And then we have to see, we have to choose. We have to say, okay, I'm making a choice for myself. I'm choosing to let him be the leader of my life and allow him to be the leader of my life. 
as we do that. Now, if you're in here that, or you're watching online, I mean, that, you, can, you don't have to bow your head. You can just say that. You can say, God, yeah, it's time. I, I, I admit that I'm a, I'm a sinner. I need saving. I'm sorry. I believe that Jesus is your son. He died on the cross. He rose again, and I'm choosing today to follow him. It's that simple. You can do that. And then you just let him be the leader of your life. And then what do you do? Well, the verse says this. Then we just trust him for each day's problems. I love the fact that it's not just that it's about just, you know, okay, yeah, I'm saving my sin. That's amazing. That's awesome. But it's now it's a daily journey. You see, I don't want to try to solve each day's stuff on my own. It's too much. I'm glad that I have God who wants to walk with me and help me with each day's problems that come my way. So first we trust him to save us, and then we just trust him for each day's problems. And to trust him for each day's problems, there's a vital tool that if you're not using it, that you're going to need in 2022, and really every year of your life, really every day of your life, that tool's the Bible. I mean, the Bible is really like God's love letter to us, to humans. It's laying out everything that he wanted to do. It's laying out the problem and the solution, and then how to live for him. We need that so we can grow to become like him. And then I would, you know, it's a daily intake, just like you eat, you breathe, you drink water. If you're a follower of Jesus, we need it every single day just to take that in. And then I'll also say, as we're talking about the 40 days of communion, if you're not in, in a part of that, that's another huge part. It's a community. It's us being together as Christians to help each other to walk with each other. It's, it's good to have other people to know that I can do this life with them. Yes, I have God working in my life, but he uses other people in our lives too to help us navigate this journey. So if you haven't signed up for that, that would be a great thing to do as well in 2022. So do you want to look forward to 2022? Let go of your worries. I know much easier said than done, but if you'll work through those things, I promise you, if you'll pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him, he'll give you peace, no matter what your circumstances are. If you adjust your expectations, like no matter what comes my way, no matter how terrible or how good, I trust that God's there. And he's going to walk each day with me. I adjust my expectations and I trust in him. And then I take a step of faith. And I'm going to take this step of faith, not faith in myself, and it's not about me, but it's about God. And as I take a step, I'm going to trust that he's going to navigate that step with me and for me. And then the fourth thing is this. You hold on to God's love. I'm going to hold on to God's love. These verses in Romans, um, I love these verses I love uh, the way that these are said here in the, in the living Bible. It just really brings it to life. Romans 8, 38 through 39, you've probably read these before, but it says this. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't. Life can't. The angels won't. All the powers of hell itself can't keep God's love away. Our fears for today our worries about tomorrow or where we are high above the sky. See, God already knew we were going to be flying in planes. High above the sky or in the deepest ocean, no matter how low you go in the ocean, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died for us. Nothing. He tried to lay it all out there that anything that you can think of, there's nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate us 
from God's love that is found in Jesus. So how do you hold on to God's love? How do we do that? Well, you hold on to God's love by realizing that you're held on to by God's love. Again, not about us. We hold on to his love because we're realizing he's the one holding us. He's doing all the holding. I don't know about you, but sometimes you ever feel like God feels kind of distant. Like, where did God go? Well, most of the time when God feels kind of distant, where did he go? It's me that moved, not him. He's still there holding on. And he's going to be holding on. If you're a follower of Jesus, he will always be holding on. You don't try to hold on to God's love yourself. You realize that it's his love that is holding on to me. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord, that I am held by him. I I just love that thought. You know, some people think, you know, depending especially on how you grew up, how you were raised, or maybe you still think that way as an adult, um, but some people think that God is watching over our shoulders, waiting for us to make that first mistake, to make a mistake. It's like, first mistake in 2022, and he's going to get you. You know, it's like we just started, let's say there's only a second you know, I'm doing good so far. But first mistake I make, he's going to get me. There's a lot of people that feel that way. Look, God's not waiting to get us. That's not who God is. God's waiting to love you. That's what he wants to do. He wants to show you his love in 2022, every moment of your life. He's not waiting to squish us with his thumb, as many people think. He's waiting to wrap his arms around us and to love us and to make a real difference in our lives. Nothing Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God that we find in Jesus. I just, you know, I can't emphasize that enough because the reality is the last couple of years can make you doubt that. Really. I mean, if we're going to be honest, I'm going to be honest, I'm a pastor, right? I, I can't doubt God's love. But I'll tell you, this last two years has worked on me. You know, I think about how much I pray about COVID and 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 it doesn't do anything, it feels like. Does God really love me? God, why aren't you listening? What is all this about? Why are people dying? But what I am reminded by God is God is saying, listen to me. I love you. This world is not heaven. It's a broken place. And I weep with you when you weep. And I'm walking this journey with you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And what did we read? Nothing can separate me from his love. So when we look and when we see all the things that want to make us feel like God doesn't love me, that's just not the truth. He loves us and he's walking every day with us. And yeah, we can struggle and we can work through that. But this is a promise that we can have that he loves us and he'll never stop loving us. Even when it feels like he doesn't love us. Remind yourself of that. Write that in. God loves me. Doesn't matter what's going on. God loves me. No matter what your circumstance is in your life. So in that look forward space, I encourage you. You know, this was a broad list in, this, in these verses from Romans 8, that God loves you, and you can't be separated. But maybe you want to write something in more detail in that space for yourself. For instance, you might want to write, you know, what can't separate me from God's love? Busy days can't. 
you know, my day seems so busy. I didn't spend time with God. I didn't spend time with my family. I didn't spend time with anything. Those days can't separate you from God's love. Angry bosses can't separate you from God's love. Problems with my children won't separate me from God's love. I might separate them, but they won't say no. Problems with my kids won't separate. The loss of my job can't separate me from God's love. You realize world chaos can't separate us from God's love. COVID can't separate us from God's love. Personal discouragement can't. Listen, God can handle our questions. God wants us to come to him with our questions. That's the whole worry part. Go to him. Ask him. It's okay. I mean, I hear an answer, but it's okay. But if we'll go back to his word and we see his promises, that's what we hold on to. That when we're, when we're, when we're you know, discouraged or we're ready to doubt, we hold on to his, problem, or his promises that nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus. So what is yours? What is your thing? What do you need to write in there? What can't separate you from the love of Jesus? Just write it in. Maybe it, it, maybe it seems like something small, but maybe it's that thing that bugs you every day of your life. Maybe it's that thing, that nagging thing that I just can't seem to kick this. I can't seem to get this out of my life. I can't, whatever it is, that thing, write it in. That thing can't separate me. from. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've given your life to him, that thing cannot separate you from from God's love. Write it in, whatever it is. Now, as you're writing it in, let me just go back over these four things that we talked about as we look forward to a new year. First, again, let go of your worries. I don't know what you wrote in that space. Maybe that you didn't write anything in that space yet. You know, I've discovered that a lot of times when we, when we just have a few minutes like this um, and somebody stands up and says, I want you to write something important about your life in this space. 30 seconds, go. And it's like, uh, we freeze. That happened to you? It kind of happens to me. It's like, I, I don't even know what to write. I'm supposed to be writing like, you know, pouring my life out here and I can't write anything out. Nothing is coming to mind. That's okay. Well, what I'd like to encourage you to do is you take this home, you know, take your, take your program, put it somewhere and look at it tomorrow. You know, by talking about it now, your mind has already started working on it. I know some of you are sitting here going, where are we going to eat lunch at? He, can he get done talking so we can... And that's okay. But look, as we've been talking about, your mind is already beginning to move in that direction. It's already started. So put it aside for a while and come back to it. And then the thoughts will begin to flow. So put it aside for a day. Bring it back out. Write some things in. Then I encourage you to keep it, again, keep it on your desk, wherever you put this, on your nightstand, wherever that may be. Maybe for the next week or two. You know, 2022 is a long time. It's a whole year. A couple, couple weeks is not going to be that big of a deal for you to keep this out. I know some of you don't like to keep stuff out because it clutters, but you can keep it out. Write some, write some things in. It will be okay. You can just look, at, at, just look at it every once in a while. Remind yourself, look, here's a worry that I'm going to talk about so that I can have God's peace. And you're just going to write that in. Here's a worry. Maybe the worry didn't come until tomorrow. And you write that in. Here's an expectation in my life that I'm going to adjust I'm not going to trust in my circumstances for joy this next year because that can change. My circumstances can change quickly. Those can go up or those can go down. I'm going to trust in the fact that Christ is here. He's in the middle of it no matter what my circumstances are. I'm going to adjust my expectations. Maybe you write whatever that is. 
And then what step of faith do I need to take? What's your step of faith? This is where you really need to take this, set it aside, because if you're like me, like I go to seminars or different things and I'm writing stuff down, I'm all excited. You know, I'm like, ooh, we're going to do this. I'm so excited. And then what happens? And you're excited that day to do it. And then Monday comes and slaps you right in the face and Tuesday slaps you in the face and Wednesday slaps you in the face and you're like, yeah, I don't know that I can do this. That's why. Keep this in front of you. And when the day slaps you in the face, you talk to God about this step of faith and you let your step of faith and you let your God slap that day. Say, no, I'm going to take this step of faith, even though I didn't do it today. God, help me. And you just put it there. Start there. And then, as I was saying, one of the most important things, especially as the last two years that we've had, is to hold on to God's love. If I would encourage you, hold on. When you're tempted to doubt, hold on. When you're tempted to question, hold on to that promise that we looked at in, in Romans that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me. My questions can't separate me. My doubt can't separate me from God's love. And you trust that. And you hold on to it, realizing and recognizing that I'm held on to by Him. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to hold on to that for all of 2022 because none of us know what's going to happen this year. I hope that when we get to 2023, we can look back and go, yay, what a good year. I hope so. But I don't know. You don't know. But we do know one thing. God's Word is eternal. He stands true forever. He never changes. That's something we can hold on to. You can hold on to the fact that he loves you. Remind yourself daily. So in that look forward section on the, on the hold on to God's love, that's where you keep that one out. Maybe today was a great day. And I'm just going to put, yeah, thank you, God, for a great day. God loves me. Maybe the day was a crappy day. And just bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. Maybe... That's where you write, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. You just keep on writing it down because I need that reminder because it was a bad day. And you keep that there and you just remember, remind yourself, God loves me no matter what's going on. And you put that in that look forward and you keep reminding yourself. If you just have to say it to yourself every day of 2022, God loves me. Yep, this is a great day. God loves me. Nope, this is a bad day, but God loves me. I'm going to get through this. So as we look forward to this next year, as we think about 2022, I'd like for us to go and, and talk to God together about it. So we're going we're gonna to pray. Before I pray, too, for those of you here or if you're watching online that have never made the choice to um, ask to be saved as Jesus is the Savior and saves us from our sins, if you've never made that choice, that's where I would say you start 2022. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray, and then we'll continue on praying after that. So. If you're here, if you would bow your heads and let's just pray together online. If you're watching or in the pavilion, if you would bow and pray with us as well. Maybe this is you. Maybe your prayer this morning is that I have never asked Jesus to save me from my sins. Never done that. So today's the day. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make 2022 begin this journey and become the person that I was always created to be. So just say this. As we talked about the ABCs, it's very simple. All the hard work was God's work. He already did all the hard work. For us, it's just admitting. So maybe you just pray to say, God, I admit that I've sinned. That's where it starts. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I do things that I know are wrong. 
And I know that that separates me from you, but today I admit it, and I'm sorry. I know I won't be perfect, and as much as I can understand and work through this, I admit that, and I'm sorry. And I believe, Jesus, that you are God's Son, that you did come into this world to live a perfect life, to die on the cross for my sins, to take the punishment for my sins. I believe that for me. And I believe you rose again to show that you had conquered death and the grave. So I believe that. And today, I'm choosing to follow you. Be the Lord of my life. Lead me. Help me to trust you with everyday circumstances and to know that you love me no matter what and that I can, I can hold on to your love because I'm being held on to your love. So I admit, I believe, and I choose, and I ask you to help me to follow you today. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Now, for all of us, in fact, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer of faith for 2022. Make this your prayer for 2022. In faith, look to him and say, Father, I really do have something forward to look, something to look forward to in 2022. I trust in faith that I have something to look forward to this next year. For some of you, it takes a lot of faith to say that because maybe 2021 wasn't so good. But in faith, I have something to look forward to. I really do have something to look forward to this next year, and I can, I can look forward to less anxiety and greater peace as I talk to you, as I pray with you, as I tell you my needs, and as I thank you. I thank you for that peace. I can look forward to the best, your best in my life. And whatever the outer circumstances are, I can look forward in faith. No matter what goes on, I can look forward in faith. Help me to adjust my expectations. I also look forward in faith of taking the next step, a step of faith. God, you know those things in my life that maybe I've been scared to do or not sure that I could do or I didn't have enough faith to do. I want to do those things with your help. I'm putting my faith in you, not in myself. And I would ask that you would lead me and guide me in these decisions and these steps of faith. And Father, I can look forward to your love. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you because of him, we have everything to look forward to. We have heaven to look forward to. Oh, I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. But God, as we're here on this earth, we can still look forward to your love and being held on to your love. God, may we be a light who shines that love. We know that nothing can separate me from your love. May we show the world that love in 2022. So we look forward in faith, and we thank you so much. Thank you that we can pray. Thank you for this day that we can celebrate together. In Jesus' name, amen.